Welcome to The Well Q&A podcast. The Well is the student ministry of Key Life Fellowship, which exists to equip students for lifelong service of Jesus Christ. Each week through a QR code given to them at youth, students of The Well anonymously send in various questions they have regarding the lesson or even about various biblical topics. We pray that we may also be a blessing to your Christian walk as together we find all the answers that we need in the Word of God. If you want to play a fun game, this would be it. Interview eight to ten Christians, and they some, some of them can go to the same church, they go to other churches, and blah, blah, blah. Ask them what fasting is. You're going to get a lot of different ideas. Just, just kind of prompt the discussion in, in your Christian clubs at school or at the lunch table or locker room or whatever. If they've ever thought about fasting, and when they think about fasting, what comes to their mind? What, what do they believe it to be? You'll get all kinds of answers. It's to, it's to get something from God that you really want. Or, or well, uh, it, it's this, and it's something that even our church did. Oh, goodness, we'll talk about that. But fasting is, biblically, when it's used, it is going without food and often drink for an extended period of time, sometimes even days. Most It is at least days. And so a fast is not a... Social media, you'll hear this, I'm doing a social media fast. No, you're just not going on social media. You're not fasting social media. You're just not taking part of it. Or I'm doing a video game fast. No, I'm doing a, I'm, I'm doing a, 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 a technology fast. I'm not going to watch TV. It's kind of, I think that was my Donald Trump impression. I'm not real sure what just came out there. I'm not going to watch TV. I'm not going to use my phone. I'm not going to do that because I'm on a technology fast. That's that's cool. You want to give that stuff up? Awesome. Don't call it a fast. Fasting was going without food. Uh, don't call it the Daniel fast. This is this is kind of a trend, I think, and it has been for some time. No, it's a diet. If you're not familiar with that, it's eating what Daniel ate. You see in the Old Testament, he was more fit than all the other people because he ate according to God's law. Uh, so, so they go back and grab that. And, and it's healthy stuff. It's great. You don't lose some weight. You want to go on a diet? Hey, go on a diet. It's great. Don't call it a fast. It's not that. We see in Scripture also that fasting is never really a commanded thing. It's definitely not something that's necessary for our Christian growth. It's not one of the means of grace that we have talked about. Definitely not in the New Testament it's never commanded. We see it a few times, but Jesus doesn't say you need to fast. The Apostle Paul does not. None of the other apostles command us to fast. In the Old Testament, you don't really see that either. There's one place in Leviticus, it's the Day of Atonement. It seems to be they demand and command a fast for that day. But what happened over time is fasting had become a tradition. And we need to be careful with anything that becomes a tradition because it can easily become set up as a law where we, as Scripture says to not do, make law where there is no law. And so that our traditions will become law where if you don't follow our traditions... You are sinning and you are not on God's side. That's really what the Pharisees got into. They were creating law for themselves. They were missing out on the whole point. And they were creating things to do. Fasting was one of those deals. And so naturally, because it is a a tradition, largely, it gets abused often. And it got abused often. The Pharisees in Matthew 6, that Jesus talks about that in the Sermon on the Mount, he corrects their false way of fasting. Jesus doesn't say don't fast. He tells them how to fast. They're doing it completely wrong. In Matthew 9, we see another instance of where they're actually looking down on Jesus' disciples 
for not fasting. How come you guys don't fast? You see how quickly a tradition can come into a law, and then you begin condemning other people for not following your tradition. Pharisees did that. Teachers of the law did that. Even today, religious people, church people, I think a lot of times well-meaning Christians will just get caught up in the the lingo, and, and they will even use that to look down on others and condemn others. You don't, you're not, you're not doing the, the fast? No, no, you might even be uncomfortable if you've studied what Jesus said, even answering that question, but we'll get there. It's used, unfortunately, when it is abused, it becomes a pride increaser, right? I fast. I'm a, Luke 18, Jesus talks about the, the, the parable of the tax collector and the Pharisee. Familiar with that, Jesus says that to some who are confident in their own righteousness, he said this. Two men went into the temple to pray. One man, a tax collector. One man, a Pharisee. And the Pharisee goes and he stands up front loud by himself. And he prays to God, God, thank you. I'm not like others, sinners, even this tax collector. I give a tenth of all I get. I fast. Twice a week. And so he had used fasting as a way to increase his own sinful, self-righteous pride. Oh, how dangerous that can be. Traditions can do this. Fasting is even abused today in churches. Oh, man. Just like I said, you guys aren't doing the fast. Oh, oh, you you guys must not be seeking God. Oh, no, your prayer life's probably awful. I bet your life's falling apart because you're not fasting. God, thank you that I fast. You're doing exactly what the Pharisee in Luke 18 is doing. Fasting even is abused that we should fast if we really want to get something. That if we've got something we really need, we need to give up food, give up stuff, and then God's going to somehow look at us and say, oh, man, they want it bad. I'm going to change my mind and give them what they need. That's the opposite of how Jesus taught us to pray. That's how the hypocrites prayed. That's how the Pharisees prayed. They loved standing in the synagogues and the street corners to be seen by others. They think they're heard because of their many words. But Jesus says that God knows what we need before we even ask him. They go on and on and on and on and beat themselves to get what they want. That's not the point of fasting. We see elsewhere that this is what Jesus says. This should be a private matter. Matthew 6, he gives a clear teaching on fasting. He says, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites too, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face. So that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your father who's unseen. And your father who sees what isn't done in secret will reward you. What do we have here? We've got these Pharisees. We've got these religious folks who they actually tried to look like they were just beat to shreds because they had been starving themselves and fasting. And they wanted everyone to look at them and say, oh man, how religious they are. They've gone without food. They've gone without water. They look shriveled up. They look somber. They look sad. They look down. Oh, but they're so spiritual. Well, really, in all reality, they had made themselves look like that so everybody can say, ooh, look at them. 
That's sick. That is absolutely twisted. Jesus says, try not to let anybody know. Even go to links to be private about it. Put oil on your head. Wash your face. Don't let other people know. This is crazy to me that churches will publicly proclaim a fast and then ask you to submit to them if you're fasting. And not only if you're fasting, but what kind of fast you're doing. We've already covered that that's not even a fast. But do you see the hypocrisy here? Do you you see maybe we've missed it a little bit here? Maybe uh, we're missing the point. Maybe it's time we get back to what Scripture teaches on this, as in a lot of things. And when Scripture speaks of fasting, why did people fast? Well, it was always in some type of mourning or a time of deep contrition. We have the disciples actually rebuked for not fasting. <laughs> this is crazy. In Mark or Matthew chapter 9, some of John's disciples came and asked Jesus, how is it that we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus says, how can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he's with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. Then they will fast. What's he saying? Jesus said, why would they be mourning? Their king is with them. Why would they spend time fasting? The healer's here. I'm he. There will be a time for that. Why waste time? Why mourn over the, 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 the most joyful event that has ever come? Me. I put it in perspective, didn't it? So with that in mind, we see in the Old Testament, we see fasting. Always revolving around mourning. M-O, not the morning time, but mourning, grieving. David, King David, when his son was sick, the son that Bathsheba bore him after their adulterous relationship, that when he was told of his death, he stopped fasting. Why was he fasting before? He was mourning. He was broken. He was grieving because of the sin that had brought this on and because of the death that had ensued. Esther, the book of Esther, they they proclaim a three-day fast. Oh, that seems odd. No, there was a near-death time. There, there, There was about to be an edict given from the king to kill all of the Jews. Esther and Mordecai included. All of the Jews. So yeah, there, there was this grief that was happening. Nineveh, the king of Nineveh, you see a public fast here, but it was over their sin. Jonah goes and preaching three days and for, for three days, 40 days, and then it will be overthrown. Why? Because of the judgment of God. And they weep and wail because of their sin. They needed to be broken. This fasting was because of and would even bring out more brokenness. And this is what fasting really does. It should deepen the sense of need and dependency upon God. It should make us keenly aware of our need for him, of our own sinfulness. Have you ever been hungry? Not all the people have really been hungry. I mean, like not it's lunchtime hungry, but gut-throbbing hungry. You realize I'm dependent on someone. And this is what I think I see the scriptures teaching about fasting, that we would be broken over our own sinfulness, 
our own need for God, and that we would, through this, depend on Him. Now, you see how it's been twisted. Is that at all what we see today? No, it's not. In fact, John Calvin wrote about fasting in in the 1500s. He said it would be much more satisfactory if fasting were not practiced at all than if it were diligently observed and at the same time corrupted with false and pernicious opinions into which the world repeatedly falls. He just said it's better to not even fast if it's going to keep you away from all these bad ideas about fasting. Every bad idea about fasting is dangerous, even detrimental. And so if you are going to fast, make sure that it's done biblically. Make sure that it's done according to the word. Make sure that it's done with hopes of deepening your need and dependency upon God because of your sin. Hope that helps. That's fasting in a nutshell. Uh, If you have more questions, keep sending them in. Can't wait to answer the next one. Love you. See you.